0: is Draco, Bleeding Out, episode 15, all that shit, nigga. Uh, I just wanted to say, man, shout out to everybody streaming my new song, uh, Summer's Over, you know what I mean, produced by Black Youth, one of my favorite songs I've made in the grill, you know what I mean, a beautiful song, I'm singing and shit, you feel me, it's your boy. And uh, shout out to Omar Apollo, congratulations on the new project, that motherfucker is so fired. Uh, Apolonio, y'all go get that shit, it's out now, man, it's, it's my boy, man, he on that shit, man. For me. It's, just, it's so beautiful seeing him rise up. I swear to God, I ain't never been happier for anybody else, man. So, uh, salute to him and his team. You feel me? Everybody, everybody behind him is—they just doing their job and they're doing it so well. So, man, bless up. Uh, I hope y'all feeling good out there. I hope y'all having a nice day. You feel me? Hope, uh, hope shit ain't getting y'all too down lately. You know what I mean? Stay up. Make sure y'all go out and fucking vote. All that other shit. And uh, man, yeah, man, I interviewed my big bro Ron Miner. He's a legend in the city. And, uh, This one meant a lot to me. So let's go ahead and start the motherfucking show. All right. So, three, two, one. Yeah. Draco and his motherfucker, man, bleeding out all over the motherfucking place.
1: Oh, shit. Oh, God. Somebody called 911.
0: (laughs) <laughs> hey, man, uh, we are here with Ron Mitre, a.k.a. Uh, DJ Indiana Jones, the greatest of all time, legendary, <laughs> come on, let's go oh, ahead, give me the props, man Thank you, man. man, no,
1: thank you, I appreciate the flowers while I'm still here, you know what I'm saying?
0: Always and forever, man How you feeling today? <laughs> mm.
1: Hectic, man Yeah, yeah it's, it's a, just, a whole just lot hectic. going on <laughs> I just showed you the office so. Yeah, I already know it, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's a. There's a lot going on over here, but, uh, yeah. man, I, you know, I'm blessed, man, I mean could be nothing going on.
0: I mean, that's a fact. That's a big fact. I'm fifty, so <laughs> I could
1: be like washed, man. You but know, man. you here, and
0: you still going hard. I'm here, man. Hey yo, so for everybody out there, my man, <coughs> look, this is uh one of one of one of the people that's been guiding me around finding while I'm finding my way in the city through my career. Uh, he's a DJ, um, but he's more than that. You know what I mean? To me, I've always seen him as somebody who can uh just give, just give me the knowledge. Uh, that I need to know because he's been around for a minute. He's you've been in the scene for a long time. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, kind of crazy.
1: Yeah, we, we kind of started the scene low yeah. key, you know.
0: I mean, uh, man. Okay, so look, <laughs> just are you from Indy?
1: I'm from Indianapolis. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I grew up all over the city, but I graduated from Ben Davis, in 1988.
0: For sure. Yeah. What was it like growing up
2: here? For you?
1: Um, it was cool because, you know, my family uh, built a roller rink in the 50s. Oh, right. And so I grew up in a roller rink. And so that was dope. You know what I'm that's saying? kind of hard. I mean, come on, man. I was like free little pizzas. Yeah. And, you know, I used to hit the cookie dough, you know what I mean, before, the, before they made the cookies. You know what I'm saying? Get <laughs> yeah, that frozen, frozen so cookie dough, you know what I mean? Um, you know, and growing up in the music, that that's how I got introduced to music was, you know, being in the roller rink. So yeah. the roller rink was everything to me.
0: For sure. Well, yeah. uh, what... What type of music did your parents listen to?
1: Well, okay, my dad's big, like, Mississippi Blues, Rock and Roll, mm-hmm. uh, Bebop, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, uh, he likes anything with, like, a, a ZZ Top, you know what I mean? Like yeah. he, he likes all of that. My mom was more like Fleetwood Mac, Saturday Night Fever. Yeah. I'm not going to say my mom and dad had like the greatest taste in music. It wasn't like (laughs) I was going through their record collection being like, yo, I want to rock that. I was exposed to music differently. Like my older cousin was Mm. really wild with the metal. Yeah. So he was introducing me to Rush and Led Zeppelin and stuff like that. Um, Real stoner rock, you know, they were all big stoners. And um, and then, you know, The Rink. The Rink was where you just heard everything. For sure. So, yeah, that's, you know, we would have soul skates, at, you know, from 1 to 5 a.m., basically, yeah. that were, quote-unquote, all black, you know what I'm saying? And the DJ was playing music that was just blowing my mind. <laughs> yeah, Ohio course. Players and, you know, I mean, Chic and, I mean, you know, just anything, you know. That's emotions, sucks. I mean. That's I,
0: a whole lot going on. This is around what time?
1: Uh, that would have been, like, 77 to, like, 82 yeah. You know what I mean? Like at, Those are like my musical formative years mm-hmm. When music is magic When you hear something And it scares you Or freaks you out You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it <laughs> makes Hell you yeah. want to be like It makes you want to be a part of it somehow You know? Do you remember um, The first album you bought? Yeah, yeah, I do I remember It wasn't really an album; it was like a couple albums. So I bought, um, and it was a few records actually that I really bought. And so it was one was uh, uh, Black Sabbath, Paranoid, Mm -hmm. um, that had Iron Man on it because I really liked that. I am Iron Man. (laughs) You know, I was like, I was a big comic book head, and I was just like, Yo, Iron Man got a song. I love, I love comic books, bro. I've Always been in that shit. Yeah, man, I got, I got a bunch of them in there. Fuck yeah. And um, so yeah, so I was hype. And then, so I got that, and I got Police synchronicity, mm-hmm. and then I bought the twelve inch for, um, the twelve inch for uh, Candy Girl by New Edition.
0: I don't even know if I know that song.
1: So Candy Girl by New Edition was like. You know, it was so new edition. Obviously, you know who they are, right? Yeah. So this is their first single. Yeah. And it was it had kind of a little rap and kind of you an electro. You know, crazy. I probably beat. do know song. Oh, you song. know the song. So like You've the heard.
0: problem is like when niggas be like or like anybody is just like name drop shit, yeah. and I just like my brain doesn't connect well,
1: it. I don't know why. Your brain is connected on a lot of different levels. Yeah. You for don't sure. need to connect to Can- Candy Girl. Bro, the no homies edition. was
0: on my cool. head because I ain't know uh who the Spice Girls was. Bro. Oh it was, yeah, it yeah. yeah. To me for about an hour and a but half. I mean, honestly, like,
1: there's no reason for. You really didn't know Spice Girls. Yeah, Low-key. Nah, I, I mean, mean like shit. you're not a pop star. You yeah, know what I mean? It's the truth. It's you know, the truth. You, you, you go <laughs> on a different level. Man. Okay. So don't ever let nobody get on your head for not knowing who Spice Girls are. Man, man I've Because back to in the day, old we would have been by, back in the I was very militant, so I would have been on their head about knowing who Spice
0: Girls are. <laughs> I bet you would. Uh all right. So what's your first uh because you you I know you from being heavily involved in the hip hop scene. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. about what year did you get into that?
1: So, well, it wasn't hip. Like, you got to understand, like, I'm telling like, I was into it already. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we didn't, it wasn't called a thing yet. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It was like, okay, okay. It, this is like before it was like on radio and TV. I this is like, this is even before further. rap. This is like, you know, the first rap really that we heard that, b- that broke was like, what, 79, 80 with the, Rapper's how, how old Delight How is hip hop? It's like almost well, it's, 50 Yeah well almost, 70 maybe. In the early 70s You're looking at really How it was starting to be formed And yeah. then it was starting To fall out so Now you had like Electro records Like you know Craft work and stuff like that yeah. That was coming from Germany mm-hmm. and, But that was Foundation for hip hop also yeah. You know what I mean? So this was like At the beginning of hip hop So sure. you know The, the hip hop Hip hop actually The culture of it Kind of started in the rink Because the radio Wasn't playing it the radio's all like, you know, hey, this is white music, this is black music, this is, you know, talk radio, this mm-hmm. is Democrat talk radio, this is Republican talk radio, this is sports talk radio. Yeah. You know, like, this is classics, this is jazz. It wasn't a thing where, like, you know, a station was going to play anything, you know what I mean, that was out of the ordinary.
0: Now, all right. So, so the rink was where you could hear it. Me trying to figure out uh, what was going on when you first decided you wanted to start DJing.
1: Okay, so... What happened was what had happened was was no. Okay, so there was a guy named Danny Kane and he was DJing at the rink. Shout out. Shout out to Dr. Dan. Yeah. All right. He probably a wild Trumper now, but whatever. Oh man. <laughs> 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 you know how they like want white people. Yeah, about to say that's how it goes. It just is what it is. So hey, get registered and vote. All right. You know, yeah, anyway. yeah, please. Um that being said, I heard him playing, We don't need no education. Doo-doo-doo. Do, 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 I know do, that song. Right, it's so the Pink Floyd, okay? Yeah, I know that song. And it was one of my favorite records. That's one of the first, like, you asked me what first records I bought. But before I bought records, I was buying eight tracks. What's an eight track? An eight track is like a, this tape that's like, a, it's like a cassette, but it's like fat and yeah. chunky. And you stick it in this machine, and it, it would play, and every 15 minutes it would click. And so you might be in the middle of a song, and then yeah. hear this. <laughs> 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 and then the song keep going. You might be playing like Stairway to Heaven, and I was like. <laughs> and it going oh the next joint. So, anyway yeah i was buying those was like you know uh, uh yeah so anyway i had that but anyway i heard that and he was playing chic good times at the same time
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it was blowing my mind and i was just like yo so i asked my dad how did he do that and he said so he I was on the way home i'll show you like you know how he does it and i was like okay so how your, you dad,
0: your dad was into that
1: nah 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 but he my dad is very he was a uh national champions like figure skater and dance skater oh shit so he was very rhythmic and he was also a very good dancer and so he understood rhythm and tempo yeah okay but that's all right yeah yeah so it was dope so he so on the way home he was like all right he put a song on the radio and he was like all right you see the time on the clock and i was like yeah it's you know one ten a.m and he was like all right start counting and he's like and i'm like one two he shows me how to count to the beat So now I'm counting the tempo. So the clock goes for a minute, and I get to, like, 110. And he goes, well, that's 110 beats per minute.
2: Yeah.
1: And I was like, oh, wow. That's hard. So then he's like, what he's doing is, if a record is, you know, he's speeding one up and slowing one down a little bit. And, Mm -hmm. you know, my dad, like, he took pride in the rink a lot, like, in the fact that he wanted, like, the good DJ equipment. Like, I was watching, like, Beat Street, you know what I'm saying? And, bong, like, the equipment they had in Beat Street. Mm Mm-hmm. Like on the on the big stage, like yeah. that's what we had in the rink. He was making sure everything was legit. Yeah, he had legit stuff at the rink. See, I had a good rink. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was one of the biggest in the country. Yeah. And I'm not just saying that. It had three floors.
0: That's what. What was the spot called?
1: It's called Melody Skateland. Wow. And now they call Skateland on 38th and whatever yeah. high school, but that's they jacked the name off. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? for sure. So, um, so yeah, so then I started just hanging out in the DJ booth, and I would hear, you know, Danny mixing records, and then I just learned how to count. And then eventually it got to the point where I was starting to be like the quote-unquote buyer. So I would go to the um, record store every week and see the top 40, and I'd buy 45s for the rink. You know what I mean? And yeah. And then come in and put them in and organize them yeah. and make sure Danny was solid for Saturday night. And then I would DJ my little Saturday afternoon or whatever.
0: How old are you around this time?
1: Tw- this is like 82. Yeah. So I was like 12, 13 years old.
0: That's what's up. So yeah. how did it... Uh, form your identity going through like high school and shit like
1: that. So, you know, high school was kind of weird, you know, I went to Ben Davis, it was dope. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Cuz it was like I was getting a lot of stuff, you know, cuz we had Hallville, you know what I mean? And so I was partnering up and meeting people and going in and practicing hip hop. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like for just sure. to, for lack of a better term, you know. <laughs> just learning, you yeah. know. And we were all learning, we were discovering. Let's mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't even say we were learning, we were just discovering.
0: Like what? What was
1: around? Um, so we were discovering music and how to, like, create it, you know? Yeah. Um, I met Top Speed in 1986. Yeah. You know, by that time I'd already been, like, DJing, you know, f- for a year. And in high school we'd have little parties at, at um, Eagle Valley Clubhouse. Yeah. And we'd turn out. And then my parents would leave for the weekend, parties at the house. Your turn. Oh quick. It was, like, real crazy. <laughs> like, you know, it was uh, – What's that movie, Project X or Party? <laughs> you know what I mean? was it? You name? had it popping. Yeah, it was popping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, we were known for like really wild parties. For sure. Yeah. Uh,
0: okay, so here is what I know about you. Right, uh-huh. I know at some point you started DJing.
1: Did you ever work on the radio? Yeah, yeah. So at one point, it so move forward like to ninety one. Right, I was I was in school at IU IUPUI. Yeah. What'd you go for? Um, I was going for communication. Yeah. And I and I got a and a, a minor in psychology so I, while i was in school i wasn't really djing in school though mm-hmm. i kind of like i don't want to say i'd given up on djing but like i thought like while i was in college that i needed to be like trying to be a doctor or a lawyer or some yeah, dumb shit same
0: nah i, w- I went through that and <laughs> and i
1: didn't realize that i could make money or or you know provide or have success doing what i enjoyed yeah i was always thought so i this dude named Tom Haynes, it was one of my teachers was like, yo, you ever thought like, you know, cause basically like I was really like, I went to IU for a semester, no mm-hmm. for a full year. And I took the, I was in the music, I was thinking about going to the music school and I failed the theory part. Yeah. But I got an A in the lab. Yeah. Because the lab was just the studio and I'd been going to the studio since I was 16. So I was just like, put me in any studio and I can just do anything. And so everybody didn't know like what, the patch board did, or what this did, or how to splice a tape, and I was like, this is before Sam, like, before you had like, you just hit a button and loop something, you know what I mean? Yeah. This is like, we took a Day La song, and we, there's a beatbox part that's like, whatever, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I took that, and copy and pasted that physically, on a tape splice, and create and wrote a rap, right? Yeah. That and it became an ad for this pizza place in Bloomington. And it was like <laughs> popping, right? So they gave me, they had to give me an A in the lab because my shit was like real life. They wasn't. They, they, they wasn't real life. I'm, I'm not worried about what a sound envelope is or what a major key is or anything. I didn't care about any of that. All I cared about was like, yo, I know how to do this.
0: But I feel you though. There's a uh it's some type of music course that they had that I took. I think it's called Music Appreciation, a course that I took, bro. Yeah. It's the worst class I ever took. Like everybody I knew that took that class is like, bro, this is the shittiest shit I've ever had to do. Yeah, it, I it's felt this shit like a it, you know, and
1: I, I just was terrible at that. And I felt like the teacher was condescending. And I felt like, you know, and first of all, you have to understand when I was in high school in 1986, I was trying for the radio program at WBDG. Yeah, all right. This goes back to the radio question. Yeah, and the radio. They weren't trying to hear hip-hop. I could see that. And the teacher's name was Rex Haviland. Mm -hmm. Shame on him because he got lost a chance, you know what I'm saying, to work with me. You know Mm -hmm.
3: what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what he's doing right now.
1: Yeah, boy, he's somewhere. But listen, like, real talk. I walked out of that, and I was like, you know what? I don't need to be a part of this program.
2: Yeah.
1: And I walked out. And now I go back. Shout out to John Easter. He's the, the guy in charge of the program now. Shout out. He makes sure I come back, and I talk to the kids every year, at least once a year and he's like yo ron he's like tell them the truth yeah tell them that you quit the program mm-hmm. and you went still went on to be hot in the streets you know what For i mean sure whatever I mean. you gotta tell him." and i'm like all right cool because i don't want to give them no false info but i also tell them that i think that like i could have approached that better like looking back 30 years later you know what i mean yeah i could approach that better personally you know as i've grown i've learned how to you know not to take no you know what i'm saying and to like kind of work and earn your stripes you know but For when sure. you're young everybody everybody says the generation now just wants their shit handed to them no that's anybody that's been like 16 to 21 years old all right that's anybody i don't care how I, you know you don't know how to pay dues when you're a kid you have to learn how to pay dues
0: yeah that's true and i think also like motherfuckers really don't be one to just hear all that you know what i mean everybody's right. like come on bro because I feel like a lot of people don't uh, take time to see the type of work other people put in. You right. know what I mean? Right. It took me to step back myself and see that it wasn't easy for nobody. You know?
1: Nah, you might think it, man. You know, there's motherfuckers out there make it look easy. Yeah. You know,
0: but it for ain't sure. easy. It ain't easy at all. Uh, when did when did the radio here start playing hip hop?
1: Okay, so yeah, this 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 will move forward. So I at one point like ninety one. go back now. Let's move back to ninety one.
2: Yeah.
1: I was working at Lafayette Square Mall, and Dave Boyer, one of my best friends in life, I owe him a phone call, actually. His sister, was, he was working with me at Merle Harmon's Fanfare, mm-hmm. and we was hustling hats and starter jackets and all of that, right? Yeah. And, I mean, we was really hustling in that He's mall. He's going in. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I ain't gonna talk about this on camera. Yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah. We was really hustling Slow in that it mall. Slow <laughs> so, so his sister was working as the promotion director at this brand new station called Hoosier 96.3. Where? All right, And he was like, yo, do you want to do like an internship over there? And I was like, yeah, son. So Hoosier96.3 was not playing any rap.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: Now you have to also remember, before that, WTLC was not playing any rap. As a matter of fact, they would play a song, let's say it's like a Bobby Brown song or um, a Jody Watley song, yeah. and it might have like a Rakim verse on it or something. Mm-hmm. That Rakim verse would not be, you wouldn't hear that.
0: That just cut that is just... Damn, it they, was used like to make non, they used to
1: make non-rap edits for black radio that's fucked up yeah that's why you if you listen to public enemy he says in one of his lines he says uh he says um last year when i was on tour made me they made me mad because i declared war on black radio wow and he did he was like yo and that's why y'all radio suckers never play me on the mix they just okay me you know like that's that was my mindset. Like, so
0: what was what's the big idea? Like well, I don't understand. So how did it switch? Yeah. All right,
1: so this is what we're about to talk about. Yeah. So starting with the first rap record that got played on Hoosier ninety six, which is now hot ninety six, right? Was Doctor Dre and Snoop Ain't Nothing But a G thing.
2: <laughs>
1: That's the first record to cross over. Okay.
0: That's so specific. Why? Like so there's so much before that,
1: right? There was so much before that, and so we were always beating down the door for them to play rap music. You yeah, know? I used to call WTLC and and harass Vicky Buchanan. She was the program director, but she was also on late at night.
0: This is like '93, huh? No, no. Well, this
1: is way back. This is like '88. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I'm talking about '88, like WTLC when they weren't playing rap. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I used to call them and be like, "Yo, why aren't you playing the? Why did I just hear the song and it didn't have the rap verse in it?" Yeah. What's wrong you know what's with y'all supposed to be the station you know what I mean for yeah. the people like, what's going on no, and yeah so they just couldn't really ever answer all right so he, but here's this is how the answer is this is what this is what was this is the difference okay radio's all about advertising and so advertisers were scared of rap okay coca-cola McDonald's sprite whatever yeah all right the difference was in 91 92 sprite started buying rappers you know what i mean to, to to do their thing like sprite was really the first one to do it corporately you know what yeah I mean? they have like sure. q-tip and i think large professor and a couple other guys and so that was like way the first wave mm. and then it started like the sales forces at each of these radio stations started reaching out to their mm. to their clients and started testing that saying hey how'd you feel if we play like you know what i mean and at a certain point, it just became undeniable. Like, Snoop was so popular and so big, and, like, people were bootlegging. I remember the first time I played uh, Who Am I? What's My Name? Man, Snoop. such a um, good song. The very first time I played it was on a cassette that somebody had brought, mailed to me from L.A. that they had taped off the fucking radio, bro. <laughs> That's right? so crazy. That's how desperate we were to play Snoop Dogg. Wow. All right? Also, at the same time, I was working at Rockin' Billies. Yeah, yeah. So, I was working at Rock and Billy's record store. I was interning at, at radio at uh, Hoosier 96. And I was um, DJing at this club here on 54th in college
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, where um, Jazz Kitchen is now. Yeah. It used to be a place called Kilimanjaro. Mm-hmm. And Kilimanjaro was, um, was like, it was owned by this African dude, this Korean lady. And it was just wild. And they just let me have Tuesday nights I could do hip hop. Yeah. And so I was working there. And then I called. Relativity Records, because I was interested in booking Common, and that was his label. And so I called them, and and then I ended up getting a promotion gig with them. So at one point, I was working at the record store, I was working for a record company, I was working for a radio station, <laughs> and I was working at a club DJing.
0: You was doing a lot.
1: That's that's what you got to do. Yeah. You know, and I was making money here in Indianapolis off rap music. Before it was really getting played, and I was like living, you know it's what I'm saying? Crazy. You know, and then we booked Common through the record company, yeah. and Common stayed at my house for like three nights.
0: That's what's up. Yeah, damn. But I'm still like kind of fucked up about the fact that like it took Snoop and Dre to get through the, and then that's so late in the game. That as was far so as late. The, the big thing of hip hop, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: and, and you know the thing was was that here's the difference is that in other markets too, um, you had. And, you know, this was national for Dre and Snoop, but in other markets you had college radio that was very popular yeah. and community radio, and they all had rap shows. Mm-hmm. So that, that that service was being met, but it wasn't being met here in Indiana at all.
0: It's crazy. Yeah. It's fucking nuts, man. Other than
1: Baseline, that fi- finally BDG let us get on in, like, 1990 with Chad Brady and Top Speed, and then they came up with Baseline, and that would help out with that from time to time.
0: Uh, when you first started DJing on your own, like, do you remember what you had, like what you
1: used? Oh yeah, I remember the very first mixer I bought. Yeah, yeah, it was kind? a Realistic from Radio Shack. <laughs> the first one I bought was just a mic mixer, and yeah. it had a mic line switch. So if you just put it online, you could plug a turntable in. It didn't have any crossfader. Then the second one I I bought had a crossfader. It was like the really nice ra- Radio Shack joint.
0: How much different is it like to DJ, uh, like
1: on uh, what I'm on now? What yeah, I started, yeah. oh, I would. I don't even like to use turntables, like real turntables anymore. Nah. <laughs> I don't want no needles. Like and I'm not dissing turntables or vinyl. I have, I still have five thousand pieces of vinyl. Nah, you didn't but- I still love it, but you know, like I like something like, you know, like I have these uh rain twelves that are like a twelve hundred, but like they don't have any needles or anything. And that it just it's just smooth, you know, like it feels like turntables and it's like the same thing. But you know, anything we can like anything we used to dream about doing, we could just do with a click, now it's just, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm I'm so happy with technology.
0: Man. Hell yeah.
1: yeah! I see cause technology cause, expand, expanded my career. I don't know if I'd still be like 50 years old hauling 20 crates of records to a club.
0: I mean, that would be some bullshit, wouldn't it? it like, wouldn't. I mean, mean, I'm just saying. But that's change, what would have to happen. <laughs> like, what the fuck's going on? No. yeah, I I, I can <laughs> fuck with it. Yeah, yeah, nah. So you know, I, I want to be able to. And there's a lot of DJs that I know, and I was I spent a couple years like. Coming around and seeing what's up with the scene, and yeah. you know what I mean, spending time at the at the uh, clubs
1: and I bars. I seen you in the Casbah. I seen yeah, you everywhere. Yeah, you actually you do work. a great job out there, man. You. I, I, I just like
0: huh? to see, you know what I mean, every. Art form around this shit in this community, yeah. you know what I mean. And y'all are very important to me, so, um, but also to other people. So yeah, right. I would like for this interview to like give them a little bit of uh, insight, or maybe even somebody younger, you know what I mean. if yeah. they, If they listen, in, you know they can learn a little bit more about some shit. You know, it's a lot of future DJs trying to come up. Oh hell yeah, man. Okay, so what I want to know is at some point. You had your little, um, not little, but you had your shit going on here. Right. And then I know you left.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I met this dude named um, Rob Stone. And have you ever seen Fader Magazine? Yeah. All right. So he started Fader. But way before that. He started
0: Fader. Yeah, yeah. Him and
1: Him and this dude named Andy and John. um, uh, Andy actually went to IU. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so... Who'd you meet him? I met him when I was interning at, at Hoosier 96.3. He, yeah. He came in with, um, who'd he come, he came in Dolo a couple times to promote records, but he was working with Gangstar, mm-hmm. and he was working with a couple other, you know, like Arrested Development, and, you know, so he was like, yo, I, was, I just loved it. I just loved his energy and his vibe, you know what I'm saying? I was just like, yo, I want to be that. Like, that's the kind of dude I want to be. For you sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, he walked in and the just the the station lit up that's the type of shit that i like yeah and so that was just the energy like the lady from the lady to the front to the lady in the middle to the guys in the back to everybody just love this dude he's the man and so i got to drive him around for the weekend and i just was picking his brain and that's what i'd always do you know and i just i was like you know i met so many artists doing that and so many people and managers and whatnot and um he was one of the very ones that i was just like yo, how yo what's your secret you know what do you do exactly because i I get paid to Travel the country and talk about new music. And I was like, I want to do that. Yeah. I was like, that's so all I do is talk about music Sounds anyway. So I need to get fun. paid. <laughs>
3: yeah. You know what I'm
1: saying? Yeah. How do I get paid doing that? And so he's like, yo, he's like, he's like, here's my card. You know, look me up if you come out to New York. I was like, all right. I'm coming out to New York for the new music seminar this year. He goes, look me up. I was like, all right. Boom. Looked him up, went to his office. He put us on the list for some parties. Yeah. You know, and then just maintain that relationship, right? And then the next summer, I was like, "Yo, you stayed out there? No, no oh, I was, just visited. Just visited that first summer, right? I think that yeah. would have been like '92. Mm-hmm. And then '93, I just I was I just kept in touch with them and touch in touch with this other dude named Marcus Morton and his friend Kevin Finn actually lived in Indianapolis, mm-hmm. so Kevin was like part of the clique, and you know I was just like talking to these dudes all the time, and then I was like, "Yo, I was like." Um, you know, coming out there, I'm gonna. I want to intern. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I'm, I'm getting ready to graduate, and I want to come out there and intern. Now, what does it mean to intern? So to intern just means do whatever the fuck they say to do. Yeah. All right. right. If it means walk the fucking Brooklyn for some cheesecake, <laughs> walk the fucking Brooklyn for some cheesecake.
0: Now, is that important? Because uh, I know the people do still- No. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that reminds me of like making the band. <laughs> that's when, like, what it was. <laughs> that's where that's from. <laughs> it's funny as fuck, but yeah. not like like interning for people. Is that is that something that is still like oh that's important fun. for people? Yeah, that do?
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. If you can get in on it, listen. That shit changed my life, man. So I got out there right, and um and he was like he was like, oh, I'm leaving EMI, and I'm like, oh fuck. What's EMI? EMI was the record company he was working for. Wait. And he was like, "I'm going to work for Arista, which was another label that was um, Clive Davis's label, mm-hmm. and Clive Davis had just given a deal to Puffy for Bad Boy, so he was getting ready Damn. to go work for Puffy. That's perfect. So he was Puffy. He was Puffy's uh, promo guy forever. So man. he did all the biggie shit, all that. So he, you know what I mean? He's just living it up. This dude he was a he's, good life. he's he's a man, dude, for That's real. He's, a man. he's Brooklyn to, the, to this day. So anyway, um, yeah. So but he so he was like, here's Leo's number and." He, In HR, call Leo, he'll get you set up with an internship. I'm like, all right. And he goes, you know, Marcus, you know, you're good in the building, man, so that's all you need. I was like, why don't I just go with you to Bad Boy? You know what I mean? But I didn't even (laughs) really know what Bad Boy was, but he was like, nah, nah, go this route. Like, what he had really done was he had set me up to take his job at EMI, low key. That's perfect. And that's what I ended up doing. So I ended up starting out as an intern, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then I was working at Pendulum, and I was with Diggable Planets, uh, Lords of the Underground, Boogie Monsters, Lisa Lisa. And so I, those were my first projects, and and as an intern, you just do. I used to change the water cooler. I used to fax hundred pages a day. You know what I mean? Like I used to do all kinds of stupid shit. That's crazy. Yeah. So, but now, I did whatever they asked me to do.
0: So at this point, you you're you're I'm out living there in now. New York. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And I'm well, actually I'm living in uh, New Jersey, New Brunswick, where Rutgers is, and I'm taking the train. I you
0: like it out there. With, like, was it a lot different from living here forever?
1: Oh yeah, well, living in New Brunswick, New Jersey was just like living here. Yeah, yeah, because it's just like there's motherfuckers that live in New Brunswick, New Jersey that have never been to New York City, and they're like forty five minutes from that motherfucker. <laughs> like how you meet a motherfucker here that's never been to Chicago. Yeah, you be
2: like, what? The, what?
0: You ain't never been to Chicago? There's motherfuckers in Chicago that like never been downtown. They ain't never been downtown.
1: They yeah. never been out they suburb, or never been out they hood, or never been out they jack. Yeah. So, um, yeah, whatever it is, but. So yeah, so I was living down there, Trent. You know, boom, 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 and then, um, you know, I was just doing whatever. So I, Marcus Morton was like, "Yo, here's a list of like 300 college DJs. Mm-hmm. Call these motherfuckers. Use this list to call and promote your, you know, Pendulum artists, but also throw in like my EMI artists too." And I'm yeah. like, "All right, cool, whatever, I don't care. Let's do this shit." So he was like, "Make 60 calls a day. Keep a log." I was like, all right. it's a lot of work. I was making 100 calls a day. <laughs> Motherfucker, I called everybody. I go downstairs. I, first of all, I was really cool with the mailroom, and the mailroom used to get this really high-quality gra- grade marijuana shipped in <laughs> from the West Coast. Yeah. They used to use inter-office mail. So it would be like they'd put it in there in the morning in fucking L.A., and in the fucking evening we'd have that shit. That's
0: right.
1: Through inter-office. If you're ever down with a corporation and you ever work in a big company, be cool with the mailroom. The mailroom The mailroom Especially at a record label We got So the mailroom Like They know Charles Koppelman's not going to Puffy's 25th birthday right Yeah So Charles Koppelman got like four invites You know what I'm saying Yeah Just send one up to his office for You know what I mean We got three right here (laughs) Bong (laughs) bong. You know what I mean We know David Seeger's is not going to the Def Jam Christmas party You know what I'm saying Yo we keeping them invites dog So So, what's
0: the the funniest shit you did out there (sighs) You did some shit out there. You yeah. was out there for how long?
1: I was out there for about three or four years, oh, you know what I'm shit. saying, on that rip. Yeah, But That's yeah, what's up. Funniest shit I did out there, man, I don't know, man. Damn.
0: Well, what's the what's the coolest thing that you had accomplished while you was out there?
1: So one of the coolest things was I, t- I did take D'Angelo to the David Letterman show. Oh, wow. That was dope. I took him to New Year's Eve at the Apollo.
0: you met him through the label
1: yeah, I was working with him that was my my main artist was D'Angelo so what would you do for him so I, I my job was to take his records to quote unquote white radio wow so um he I was one of the only people at the label that he trusted and that he would really come fuck with he cool guy he was really cool man yeah. he he went through a lot, but he was really cool yeah and we had a good bond like we both like we both like to smoke you know yeah, what I'm saying for sure so like it was like d. Come to the radio, like the the president would call him, his manager would call him, everybody call him, and be like, yo, come come make these radio calls. You know what I'm saying?
0: So radio, I, I take it was the most important. Radio was the most important these back days, then. Radio the and the video internet is everything yeah, for yeah, yeah. everybody. You know what but I mean? this
1: is like now, now you just this would be like you got to go do like you know funk flex. You got to go do. Um, Whatever podcast You know what I mean You gotta yeah. go do this You gotta go do that You know, It's funny
0: seeing rappers Going on podcast Runs and shit <laughs> like, You gotta do it's, it It's just interesting You know what I mean you gotta The way do shit it. switched up So back then So when I
1: would call him I'd be like yo The mail room just hit You know what I'm saying Yeah Come on up Let's call these Motherfucking radio stations You know I'm gonna roll up It's good Alright fuck it Ron <laughs> <laughs> Here I come And so I'll, He come fuck with me that's what's up. Yeah, the artists fuck with me because I'm a genuine dude. I was never industry. Like I yeah. was man, even fuck when I was in industry. industry shit, yeah. Man. I was never I never kissed ass. Like I never um you know, I mean I definitely Brown knows a little bit, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do, but I definitely held my ground on what I believed in with new music and whatever you know. Yeah. But I was lucky to work with great artists and great, you know, uh, I was I was really blessed. You know what I'm saying? I was twenty four years old. You know, on an office on the corner, of the you know thirty seventh floor on, on Rockefeller Plaza. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. I haven't lived a normal person's life here in Indianapolis.
0: So, what was it like? Um, I guess coming back. Like, what did did you appreciate being a a hoosier? Well, not nah, just being like in that scene under the labels and shit more than DJing, or did yeah. You- so
1: I'd kind of like I felt it was corny to be DJing while I was promoting records. Yeah. I felt like it was a conflict of interest in a certain sense. In a way. But it wasn't everybody else was doing it. I just was like, that's just not me. And so I kind of like fell back from DJing. Yeah. And so my roommate at the time, Al Lindstrom, um, and Al Lindstrom now he works for uh for Coach K actually. He's Coach K's he's Coach K's white boy, you know what I'm saying? That's
3: yeah. what I always say. <laughs> that's
1: what I always say. Shout out to them. Yeah, yeah. So um but yeah, Al Lindstrom was my roommate back then and we were both DJs, but we were both in the what I would consider like in the closet as DJs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And so then I got laid off. And, and here, here's one thing that I noticed when I was out there, though, as I noticed like Indiana, Indiana's influence on the industry. Mm-hmm. And so Hot 97, Power 106 in LA, Hot 97 New York, and KKFR in Phoenix were the top hip-hop stations in America, other than KMEL. That was the other one. Mm-hmm. KMEL was what the first hip-hop station
0: that's crazy out of the bay
1: and so out of like on a commercial station you know what i'm saying yeah. not a com- not at, like a uh, you know uh, community or college yeah so those stations the three stations that i mentioned were owned by an indianapolis company
2: mhm
1: that's ms communications so i was always fascinated by the fact that like i always knew in the back of my head i could go back to indianapolis and and work maybe my way back to new york somehow or another <laughs> yeah you know what i'm saying yeah so and i knew i had to go back to do like I had to go back to finish my degree cuz I had, I was one credit short. Oh, so you came when back from school? Yeah, but I, it, this was in like 97. Where? Yeah, so I had um but in the meantime, I got laid off at the at the at the at the label and so I started working as a DJ. I started like embracing the DJ thing again mm-hmm. as I was work, looking for work because my good friend um at the time was a guy named Mark Ronson and he I mean he's still a good friend, but he was kind of coming up in the DJ scene and he was like let me do His little reggae sets Like every club had like You know 15 minutes Of like reggae Yeah And so I would roll with him I'd bring like my little Reggae satchel And I'd get on and play While he went and had a drink Or took a shit Or whatever he did
0: Well okay So I do I don't want to lose your spot yeah, But I did want to know When I could like Start asking you about Your reggae shit Because for everybody Well this knowing, leads into man, it right here This yeah, is how It's everybody, all, It's organic Man You put me onto that Yeah. You know what I mean Because I used to listen to One of my favorite albums I got like a top five, of course, and one of mine is well, just like growing up, my mama had Sean Paul, yeah, the dutty, the dutty rock album, yeah, 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 it's classic, fire, you classic. know what I mean? So, but that's as far as like I go uh, into it, and so right, uh, man, you're one of the only people that I know that's just like up on on reggae
1: music. What, I love reggae music badner. <laughs> so, uh what what put you onto it? Originally? So, while I was living in New Jersey, okay? And, and I was interning, I was going to this little bar called the Golden Rail in New Brunswick. It was like the college bar on Rutgers, right? It be yeah. like going to like Land Sharks or like uh coaches or going to wherever. Right. And um no more like Land Sharks or something, like a little small dance bar or, mm-hmm. or uh rock Rock lobster, some shit like that. Yeah. You know, it's just like that college bar. Except for the DJ was banging, dog. Like all the hip hop I wanted to hear, right? Yeah. But then like really cool R and B records and then some house music. And then all of a sudden I heard like this reggae come on that I had never really heard before. And I was like, This ain't Bob Marley, dog. This ain't <laughs> this ain't I was like, this is like Sean Paul early. You know, a Beanie Man and Bounty Killer, like, at their prime. Yeah. And I was hearing these songs for the very first time, and I was just, like, blown away. And so moving into the city, like, you know, as I started to go out in the city, then I would hear all these same records. Junior Reed, One Blood, Don Penn, Oh No No. You know, all of these tunes, like, like, were, like, you know, Old Dog by Beanie Man, Mm -hmm. you know, anything by Ghetto Red Hot by Super Cat. Like, all of these records were getting spins. And I was just, like, I loved them. You know what I'm saying? So I started buying those records and, like, making that my thing. Because I knew, like, all right, look, man, you know, it was hard, like, DJing in New York is very competitive. I bet. So you kind of have to have, like, a niche. And, like, my friends were already, like, the best DJs out there. You know, Evil D, you know, I toured with Evil D. I mean, I was cool with, you know, Stretch and and Bobito, and I was cool with, you know, like, Tony Touch is my man. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. all these DJs were really running the scene, you know? Yeah. And, like I said, Mark Ronson was cool, and he was, like, you know, maybe maybe making a couple hundred bucks a night and he would give me 50 bucks and we he might, you know, give me some ice cream after we get a little Ben and, <laughs> and <laughs> cherries, you know yeah, what I'm saying? I'd get a little dime bag at the club or whatever. Yeah. And, and you know, and this is before he was producing. And so when, when this era was going on, like I was playing in the Tunnel, which is like the biggest club in New York at the time. Yeah. You know, I was playing at Life. I was playing at Rebar. Just doing a little reggae, just a little, you know what I mean? Nothing... But it was that's how I learned. That's what I that's what I got into. So, not long after that because I wasn't making any fucking money, mm-hmm. I moved home. Yeah. All right. So that lasted for about another year, and then I moved home. And then ninety seven we started doing Sundays at Casbah. That's when Damn, the, that's when the real? reggae. I
0: didn't know you've been there for that long. Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. That's hard. Yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah. Sundays at Casbah is. It's a beautiful thing. It's beautiful. Yeah, for everybody listening, that's just the reggae night. Yeah, reggae right. I will mean? yep. First time I went in there, I was like, yo, this shit... Because first, like, I've never really even been there much mm-hmm. uh, for anything, you know what I mean? I don't really go to Proverbe much at all. Uh, it's just, I don't know, I, I like being downtown. But... Uh, I went up there, and everybody's, like, banging on the walls. Yeah. <laughs> Making it's a, a scene, yo. Yeah, everybody's dancing. Everybody's, you know, just going in. It's a vibe, in. man. It's Everybody a, it's loves a vibe. every song that you play. Yeah, You yeah. get so
1: much respect from them, too. It's, uh, it, it, yo, I'm humbled by that whole. Everybody respects you. Yeah, you know, know
0: what I mean? I mean? Motherfuckers disrespect you, and they regret it. You know what I mean? It's crazy. That happens every now and then. It's crazy. If you know? come for the
1: king, you best not miss.
0: Motherfuckers is crazy out here. But look, uh, when you came back, uh, when you came back out here, yeah. At some point, um, what was the scene like here for hip hop? Because I know, and I I want to ask about the Mud Kids, but I don't really know much about them. You That's know. That's cool. Mean? Yeah, no, I just break it down. I did a little bit of homework. This all leads but not into much.
1: it. It's all leads into it. So Yeah,
0: I figured I was on the timeline.
1: Yeah, this is it. This is it. So, you know, as you can tell, I've told the story a few times, but so Russell and I have been friends since we were kids, since we were like juniors in high school. Yeah. All right. Who's and Russell? Russell. Russell's Rusty. Rusty, you yeah, know, Rusty, Rusty Redenbacher, DJ Rusty, you know what I mean. Whatever, Shout out. Rusty from the Mud Kids, whatever, Russell. Yeah. But Russell and the
0: Mud Kids for the people who don't know. I got a seed in this thing. Oh, I don't it know. Smells like it. Oh, you're smoking. <laughs> the Mud Kids is a rap group from the '90s. Yeah, late yeah. '90s. Yeah, yeah, late, early, uh, early
1: to early, They started co coalescing in the early '90s and the yeah. mid '90s though. But '97, '98 is when they really started. So here, this is what this is what happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Russell and I had a rap group with Top Speed and Tyler before I moved to New York. Yeah, And so Russell and I were rapping, and we were going <laughs> back and forth like on some wild shit, like, you know, just real metaphorical, yeah. wizard, you know, lyrical miracle, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you know? I was
0: listening earlier. I was like, yeah. oh, yeah.
1: So we was really wild, and, um, you know, Russell's to me, is one of the most talented people I've ever met. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's so... The motherfucker can just rap. Yeah. You know, and his voice and everything, he just, he's dope. And so we always had, like, a little rivalry through, like, high school, but it was always, like, a cool woman. Like, I was from the West Side. He was from Broad Ripple. Mm
2: -hmm. And we would
1: do, like, little shows together, his group and then my group. And we would meet, like, downtown on Mass Ave and do shows. You know, this is, like, and this is uh, Marvin Goldstein, a punk rock promoter, is actually put, we used to put these little matinees on, right? Yeah. And, motherfucker, we'd have them packed. You know what I'm saying? I remember getting a little money, like, yo, we made a little money. Like, (laughs) yo, we should open a bank account. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) No, no, let's go to Burger King. Like, whatever, you know? So, uh, you know, this is studio money. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, just trying to figure out a way. But we had no idea what we were doing, right? You know, even when we were doing it, we just didn't know. We were just trying to, we were just like, you know, like out here blindfolded. And so after I moved back, you know, fast forward, I moved back to Indianapolis, and um, Russell was my man. You know what I mean. So I was like, "Yo, I'm loving what you, the Mud Kids, are doing. I'm seeing y'all have released like a little cassette, and y'all were getting they were getting ready to put a uh, CD out. I was like, let me move into a role of more like a manager, mm-hmm. and let me impart my business knowledge that I've learned on the music industry in New York through you know to to your label." That's hard. You know, and he was like, all right, cool. So, myself and uh, my partner at the time, Mark, whose family I'd stayed with in New York. So, I came back and, I, and he and I partnered up and started Crush Entertainment. Mm-hmm. And Crush Entertainment. Was started as a vehicle basically to blow up the Mud Kids.
0: This is perfect because that's that I was going to ask you about Crush Entertainment. Yeah,
1: so it was started as a vehicle to blow up the Mud Kids. Yeah. All right. Genius. Yeah, and so because we, you know, Mud Kids, were, it's not like we were getting shows. I mean, he was already known as like the Birdman of Alcatraz and already blew up on the rock and roll shit. Yeah. And he he was definitely he knew how to get the shows, but he just. Russell's not into doing the business end of it. He wasn't into the business. You know what I mean? I can understand that. He was a sure. like pure artist, yeah. right? And I respected that. I loved that about him. You know what I'm saying? And so I was like, all I want to do is like get him shows and like get like get this thing popping. Mm-hmm. So what we did was we we started doing shows, right? And we booked like whatever national act we could get. And then we would be like, That thing's gonna fall. Yeah, be yeah. careful be careful with that. Sorry, mic problems. It's all right, Aaron. <laughs> I keep yeah, pulling. Don't it. touch it, don't even touch it. <laughs> and then when you touch it, just touch right here. Alright, I got yeah, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Just try to yeah, that's that's it's kinda sensitive. Go ahead. Um, yeah, so um Russell was just like, you know, him and Tyler had really good music and but what I knew was what I didn't know back then that i knew now right from 93 to 97 the difference was i knew we needed vinyl Mm -hmm. so i I went to dan metro the guy who was putting out the record and i was like hey listen this is what we're gonna do you're gonna press up 500 records we're gonna send out 200 of them he's like huh (laughs) i'm like yeah we'll sell 300 but you're gonna sell 200 you're gonna give out 200 of them he goes half of them i was like yeah basically half i was like we have to service this record to like college radio and we'll get it on the charts and then once it's on the charts we can take that chart to retail and we can say hey this is charting at the local college you need to have the album ready you know what i mean the album's coming out in two months like da 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 did it work out the way you thought so yeah so yeah so we ended up charting on everything and like you know we were on like the cmj chart which is the college music journal we were on gavin radio we were on hits we were on all the charts yeah. and so that led to like all these shows and like showcases in new york like Black, you know, we played with The Roots and Black IPs at the CMJ Showcase. Like, we did all kinds of shit. Yeah. We, had, we had really a good chance to get a deal with Tommy Boy at the time. They signed Royce the Five Nine instead. Yeah. Which, you, and that was Eminem's homie. Like, For you know, sure. Man, I can't be, we weren't mad at that. But, you know, what we were able to do was bring a lot of light to Indianapolis. So then the source wrote about Indianapolis and, like, we were in XXL or whatever it was, rap pages, rap sheet, you know. No. All of these things were starting to take it seriously.
0: Around this time, like, uh, what was the local rap scene
1: like? So, it was like, you know, obviously Mud Kids. There was like... um In what year? Insomniacs. We're talking about, like, 97 to, like, 2000. Okay. You know? Um, I mean, you also had, like... What was it? G, uh What's it do from the west side? I mean, you know, you had a bunch of different little clicks kind of rolling up, right? Yeah. You had, like, the backpack style, then you had, like, the hood rap. You know what I'm saying? Pretty much. I, just what I, it is now. What they still say it is, yeah. It's really, it, it, the rap scene hasn't changed too much. Mm-hmm. It's just gotten better. Yeah. Like, I think, overall, the quality has gotten better. Like, people kind of know what they're doing they, they It's better engineered. There's, you know.
0: I feel like it's, uh, people are on track a lot more, too. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, not so far behind with the uh, trends and shit. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah but that's the problem though is like you know until we have somebody that just like defies like just brings their own shit like that's the hardest thing
0: it is the hardest thing but also i think i think i'm starting to enjoy seeing like you know what i mean some of the uh some of the people branching out into like the detroit scene and you know what i mean the the chicago scene paying so much attention to us and yeah. shit like that like how, maybe how's that,
1: how how does that happen here What, what what's the connection now
0: well I think it's just individuals, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, uh, like Fresh does it, for example, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. He got a, he got that NLE chopper, uh huge fucking placement. But now you know? he's got
1: like, he's getting even more now. And now he's
0: got like a whole bunch of other people looking at him and he's, yeah. he's tapping in, you know what I mean? And yeah. I feel like once one person taps in, it just makes people look, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, uh, At the last, uh, what I don't think he he might have been two treces ago. He was out here with this uh, real big producer named Chase the Money. Yeah, I remember that. He came. came, Yeah, I saw him. I mean, we were all backstage at the high five. Shit like that is fire. You know what I mean? Just having people just tap. That's what we
1: need, man. Is is. We need somebody like that that's, you know, like, that's what I like. I like to see somebody that's really repping that. Yeah, you know but then I mean? also, like, you know But out I mean? there doing it. But yeah, here's the, the thing, thing is, that I, okay. you, you, hold on, I, I think that you really touched on something. Like, people are getting, like, people from Chicago and Detroit to look at us, you know what I mean, look at us different, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's important because that's something that, like, you know, it, as a Midwest city, we kind of have to, like, have our own energy. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like, sure. that's good to hear. I'm I, I'm very out of touch on that. So you know, what well, mean? shit, to me hear.
0: too as well. That's why I kind of do this. You know what I mean. Yeah, so yeah, I can yeah. go around and and just show and people learn. that I'm learning still because yeah, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean I'm in my own bubble myself. But yeah, you know what I mean one thing that I notice is uh is people are you know you want to try to create something that people can can get involved with when they come here. Like I think everybody was nervous or not nervous, but wasn't the uh, damn it? What is this supposed to be? I don't I don't fuck with sports like that, but uh, some big sports events supposed to come here soon.
1: Oh, you talking about like the All Star Game? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And then like, it's just like when people like downtown is gonna be fucking flooded, right? You know what I mean? But you know you want to make sure that the, the coolest shit is going on around here. There's something right. that we can show niggas. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I don't know. So uh, I don't know, let me make sure I'm on track. You I have cool, so many. Cool. You do so much stuff.
1: I mean, I'm wild, B. I'm on a lot of different.
0: Uh, so what was it like
1: uh doing shows in the beginning yeah so it was crazy because you know you think about like you know we were just calling like all right can you come and do like you don't have any money you know what i'm saying like there's no you're just doing it you're doing it because you love it you know what i'm saying and so we would always you know i remember we booked hieroglyphics at the patio and it was like we got all the hieroglyphics, like, that's like Del the Funky Homo Sapien and Souls of Mischief and Pep Love and da-da-da-da-da. And it was just like, yo, we had such a good deal you know what i mean like they were they were the independent artists were always really cool to work with you know atmosphere was very big and very helpful to us Mm -hmm. you know they were one of the few you know how people like yo book me in your town and then we'll book you in our town and then you book them in your town you don't ever get booked in their town some shit like that that was not like atmosphere atmosphere was like all right they'd be like we'd book them down here and then they'd be like all right cool can you come up and play like da 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 da?" Mm -hmm. and we'd be like yeah and so before we know it we were playing like um you know uh Princess joint up there in Minneapolis With yeah. the atmosphere You know what I'm saying Like they were always really cool to us And Russell and uh, and Sean still have, They still have a really good relationship
0: That's what's up Yeah uh, You know me Like I came up on like a Just kind of at a random time you Yeah know you mean? like
1: It's like almost like uh, Post-blog era? Yeah.
0: You know nah, what I mean? Like, yeah. And so, like, I was doing a bunch of house shows. Yeah. And seeing, like, you're, like, uh, super
1: DIY.
0: I saw a bunch of motherfuckers, like, paying to play in other spots, and I just that's wasn't so, with that Nah, shit, don't do it. Remember, I mean?
1: hey, if you listen to this right now, do not pay to play.
0: <laughs> was was there a lot of shit like that going on back then? Back nah, there, because
1: I mean? we wouldn't do that. Like, that's not, that wasn't our energy at all. Like, yeah. I don't know what other promoters did, but nah, we all, our goal was always to make sure the artists got paid. Yeah. Like, we definitely want to make money, but, like, if, if we made money, then, like, the local opener's going to get a little money too. I mean, mm-hmm. it might only be 50 bucks, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But it's going to be something because no way will we ever charge, like, the only time that I ever charge anybody to get on stage, when I did it once and I did it the right way, and if you're going to do it, here's how you do it, all right? Um, you charge them a sponsorship fee. So you say, you know, $500, like, Ron Artest wanted to, wanted to play at the Vogue. Yeah. And so we were doing a party at the Vogue and he was like, I'll give you guys 500 bucks. Uh, I'll give you guys 500 bucks to like put it on the radio. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was like, yo, done deal. Yeah. Now look, that $500 didn't go to my pocket. That $500 I took it right down to the station and just put it down there through my company's name. You know what I'm saying? It was like here buy, buy $500 worth of advertising yeah. for Ron Artest to come rap at the Vogue. For sure. Yo, I turned that $500 into like $15,000. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so like people are small-minded. They want to charge a rapper like $100 to get on the show. What they should be doing is is if they're going to charge rappers to get on, they should come up with a sponsorship plan and be like, yo, this is what it is. It's $250 if you want to play at this show. But the money's not going in my pocket. We're putting this together. I'm going to a $2,000 ad buy on whatever, yeah. whether it's, through, you know, Facebook ads or what you can just show however you're advertising, right? Yeah. And make the shit the hottest shit ever.
0: See, the way I the reason I never like that pay to play shit is cause Which I just I, don't do that. I never saw no reason why it would even work. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, like, and it don't work. Don't nobody want to see you up there. First of all,
1: everybody's waiting to see Bone Thugs and Harmony, bro. <laughs> yeah. I hate opening up for Bone Thugs and Harmony, by the way. i I had to open up for them twice, three times.
0: I've never, I've never seen
1: them live. Well, Actually,
0: you know, I heard a story about them uh, performing. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny as hell. I forget Bruh. who the fuck told me about that shit. Don't, hey, don't open up for the bone, bone thugs. No because their
1: their fans are so rabid. All they want to do is see bone thugs. They don't want to see nothing else. Yeah. Easy E could walk out on that stage.
2: <laughs> they'd be like,
1: "Yo, boo, go back to the grave, motherfucker."
0: Oh man, it's just crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's real talk. Uh, yeah. Okay, at some point. You got involved with trees. This is hella fast forward, but fuck it. You got yeah.
1: I mean, because I talk about the all that other shit a lot too. Yeah, true. I I never really get to talk about trees. Yeah,
0: I wanna, I I wanna go, I wanna go forward. I guess. All right. So basically, what this would have been the fifth year or sixth year. This would have been the fifth, right? Yeah. Uh, Treese is crazy. And um, just so everybody knows, of course, if you go back to the Oreo Jones episode, well, I think it's my first episode. Yeah. Uh, we talked about Treese. as the hip-hop festival in Indian Indianapolis. Yeah. And um, Indiana Jones is a Man. big piece of it.
1: Well, okay, yeah. I mean, look, I just play my part. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. for real. On Treese, I play my part. Yeah. I do what I could do based on, like, my experience in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, what was created... That's all, OJ, and all y'all. That's all y'all. Yeah, I was I was an invitee. You know what I mean? Like I helped, I helped on the first rip. You know, get a little check for them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, and just made sure you know that shit could get paid for at least on that on a little bit level. You know, just a small chip in. You know what I mean? And I just was supportive. And then I went. You know, I went every year. I went like two out of the three years right before I was really involved. No, I went the first two years, and I think the third year I was involved. Yeah, so first two years I went, and I just had the best time of my life. It's nice. I was just like, yo, this is what hip-hop's supposed to be.
0: There's never been anything like that here,
1: Never, ever. Mm. And so, of course, you know, I'm a businessman, you know what I'm saying? And I'm just like looking at it like, yo, man, let me help out. Yeah. You know, so I was like, I brought Andrew and you know what i mean to do do a little cuz here's what happens in other cities and other conferences like when the conference is popping then you kind of do something that goes along with the conference like if you're an independent promoter and you don't really have anything to do with the conference yeah then create something that brings an added element to the conference yeah you know or to the to the festival because if not you're like you're like you're, you're just you're a hater you know and what this, I'm was
0: like, this was like this is like the second was it the it's second year. It might have been that? the second or the third, but basically, okay. So everybody listening, uh, Trees Festival. If you don't know already, it's a festival out here. It's like how many venues? It's like well, it's six, multi-venue. Seven?
1: So it's a one-day multi-venue festival in the heart of Fountain Square. Yeah. And it was created by Oreo Jones and Jay Brookins. Basically, you know, he he helped curate it. And, yeah. Um. And and all the local artists really made it hot. And then what I was like, all right, let's start bringing. Different elements, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's make this thing like pop.
2: Yeah,
0: and you had you had uh, Andrew come in and do his speech. Which yeah, he came was and did the awesome. speech. Yeah,
1: well, that's I always want to do that because I think it's important that people learn. Shout
0: out to Andrew Barber, man. Yeah, that lady, that's my girl. dog, man. Shout out to Andrew Barber. He actually he spoke about me th- did in he? that speech. This shit was nice, tight. He was nice. talking about how I used the internet. Yeah, you know what I mean. Tell people how you know.
1: And I'm, I, and in all, all seriousness, my closeness with Andrew. You know, it goes back to the Mud Kids, but really it was solidified by M80. Mm-hmm. So, M80 really like, I was at M80's wedding and Andrew was there and we just like uh, parlayed the whole time and, and it was just like catching up. And he was like, Yo, you don't remember this man, but I was at this frat house at IU and you and the Mud Kids. I was like, Oh, I remember that party. It was like yeah. Mud Kids and Paul Bunyan and me. And like, it was just crazy. They had like a pool down in the, in the basement. Like, I, just shit was wild. And so he was just like, Yo, I was like I remember that shit B Like yo This is crazy So then he was like Do you want to do a spot On my radio show And I was like Yeah And then I was like I'm gonna make it all Like you know The first one I did for him Was all like Midwest rap And then Mm -hmm. I was like Then I was like Yo What we need to do Is like partner with Treese And then I can feature The Treese artist On your radio show And he was like Yeah Boom 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 So Shout out to M80 Shout out to Andrew Barber. Shout out. You know what for I'm saying real. because like
0: Andrew helped me out so much in man, my career. He, yo, bro. dude, he
1: he's a he he down for Draco McCoy. dog.
0: He really helped me out, man, yeah. and I appreciate it, man. I love you, dude. Yeah, nah, mad love, mad love.
1: So yeah, so that's what it was. And then the next year, you know, it was like Griselda and. You know... Um,
0: I didn't even catch that fucking Griselda. <laughs> I didn't even know who Griselda was, and that's I all I listen uh, to right now. now I'm so frightened.
1: Yeah, you, you definitely... I'm on your head for that one. Yo, now.
0: it's crazy.
1: But you got to understand, like... You know, and then we had Talib, and Talib also did a speech. So, you know, mm-hmm. that's what it's about, is every year we had M80 do a speech, Barber do a speech, and Talib Kwali do a speech. I like that. You that's know, a so, nice element at it. Mean, yeah, and I mean, that's just... And that's just something I wanted to do, and it was something they were like, all right, well, go ahead and do it. You know what I'm saying all right, cool. And then, you know, they were like, by the next year, they were like, yo, they were like, um, you know, I was like, I really want to be a partner. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to, what I want to do is I want to be like director of business development. Yeah. And they were like, all right. And so what I did was I made up a position and I said, this is how I can do it. And we went from raising X amount to Z amount, you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying, over the next two years while I was working with it. Fuck yeah. And we also did our partnership with Live Nation and we did. That was big. And that was huge. And so, you know. That's ah. a, that's Trees Presents, right? Yeah, and that's Trees Presents and, and that was a unique opportunity that presented itself, mm-hmm. you know, through all of that. So yeah. It's lovely.
0: Yeah. Uh how, what do you have to say like about like Because I've never heard your opinion on it, really, but I kind of heard, I was listening to another podcast you did, and you kind of spoke on it, but uh, it was, dude, he mentioned how he uh, was kind of salty that he wasn't a part of trees or like nobody reached out to him or something like that, but uh, what do you say to people that feel like they should be involved or want to be involved in the future, and don't know what they're doing. Because I feel like a lot of people don't realize that,
1: nah, you know what I mean, y'all real. started
0: this from the ground up. Well, no, they and started
1: it, right? And then I wasn't a part of it, and so I just created a couple dope events, and then well, all yeah, of a sudden yeah. they was like, yo, all right, come <laughs> on, join the team. So if you're another dude out there or an artist out there or a team out there that doesn't feel like you're getting, like, the respect from Treese which is like, you know, myself, Sean, or Jay, mm-hmm. uh, then you we probably haven't really ever sat down, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Um, we always try to incorporate like, you know, we incorporated um uh Pitch for Pennies, you know, Larry Patty crew yeah. la- last year. Um and we always want to, you know, we try to be as inclusive as possible, you know, but like at the end of the day, um nobody was involved with Trees this year, so it doesn't really matter, yeah, does it? That's you know,
0: <laughs> You know, I also heard you say that you wanted to, and this is something that I wanted to do because I was—if it was going to happen this year, I was going like try to skip it and yeah. uh, just try to see if I could just be there as media yeah. uh, for once. You know, now I mean? you could have just there, interviewed people. Yeah, exactly. That would have you know been dope. I mean? So, uh, but I heard you say also in that other thing that you wanted to see if you could try to put a, a, a involve. Media for or more and like try to get an area for them and shit like well, that. Yeah, we we did
1: we th- did we did do that the last couple years. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. We always do that, but mm-hmm. like it, it it needs to be. You know, what we need to do is 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 no offense to the, like the local media, but we need to maybe bring in somebody. You know, like a sway or somebody. You know what yeah, I'm saying? That'd be hard. Just to be like, all right, you know. Now, but now we. But what I have to if I do that, I want to be able to do that in a way where like all right, you're going to do Sway, but you also have to do, like, these other four podcasts or these other four medias, you know yeah. what I mean? Because you have to at least, like, stop and pay respect to, like, the locals or mm-hmm. the regionals, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, if I bring in the OGs. That's what we did with the B-Boy contest last year was, you know, I brought in Crazy Legs. That's my man. I've known Crazy Legs for a long time. Yeah. And, you know, he's the one who basically, to me, in my mind, when I think breakdancing, I think Crazy Legs, you know what I'm saying? Hell yeah. So I wanted to bring that kind of when it when it has to do with hip hop and the elements dance graffiti whatever we do whenever we bring something to it it's our job to make sure that we are bringing you the like the real shit not like oh well, this is a dude that like is really dope from you know wherever you know what i'm saying but he's not crazy legs you know what i'm saying like yeah i don't i'll take crazy legs at 60 over like <laughs> you know what i'm saying just cuz exactly. it's crazy legs yo yeah so i don't know man but like i love hip hop so much that i just like if you love hip hop that much then just do your thing, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I do. I've always, I've always just done my thing. I've never worried about, like, if somebody else is doing something or this and I'm not involved, I figure out, like, yo, how can I be involved? Mm-hmm. And I come with a plan. You know, I don't just come and say, I really want to do this. I say, here's what I want to add. You want, you have to be what's known as a value add. Mm-hmm. If you're not a value add, you're a value sad, you know what I'm
3: <laughs> saying? I like
0: that. That's I weird. like that. That's stupid. Okay, so... <laughs> So far, we've covered uh, the Casbah, yeah, uh, Crush Entertainment, yeah. right? The the history, sort of, kind of, what you've been through as far as DJing and and your music experience. Yeah, uh, got them trees. Yeah, what, what what's the future for these things for you?
1: Man, hopefully, I can retire here in a minute, <laughs> dog. You yeah, know? Uh, you know, okay. So, radio. You know what I mean, like we could talk about that. Like you asked me about radio. So now fast forward, you know, um, I just started doing nights on Radio Now 100.9, right? Yeah. Which is the pop station, which, so I had a chance when it when it came down to radio, I had a choice to go like to Hot 96, which was, you know, formulating their mix team mm-hmm. at the time, the original mix team. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, or I could go to ra- this new station, Radio Now. Mm-hmm. And I I was like, I can go be, like, in this group of mixers, right? Yeah. Or I can go over here and play Britney Spears and DMX and Papa Roach and be the only mixer. hmm And I was like, I'm going to go be the only mixer.
0: That's the move.
1: Yeah, that was the wave. And it also didn't pigeonhole me into rap or hip-hop. yeah. As much as I love hip-hop, everything I do is in a hip-hop. That's what I have people say, what, do I, what kind of DJ are you? I'm a hip-hop DJ. For
2: sure. Even
1: when the way I play reggae music is as a hip-hop DJ. Yeah. Except for that I understand the order, and reggae music has, songs have to play in a certain order. You know what I mean? You can't just play reggae songs, you know what I'm saying? They yeah, like, no,
0: I see I yeah. see how it goes when you up there, you, you run an
1: operation. Yeah. You have to know <laughs> make sure they leave happy. It's a program, you yeah, know what I'm saying? For sure. Um and each record kind of like corresponds to the next one. Mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of back and forth. And so that's what I really love about that spirit, you know what I'm saying, of the music. It's very competitive. Now do you
0: only DJ at the Casper? Uh
1: no, I DJ all over, but like I haven't nobody DJs all over right now. I mean, so. yeah, for sure.
0: What yeah, yeah. Do you like doing the DJ shit at like clubs and shit like that? I love DJing the club, man. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, I love it, man. I, love, I miss being in the club.
0: <laughs> it's been a long time. I almost forgot it's uh, COVID. I don't know why. That shit, like, since i just been at the crib, just minding my business, you know what I mean? I ain't I even been thinking about it like that.
1: thinking about it right now.
0: <laughs> For sure. Yeah, uh, so,
1: yeah, no, I miss it. Bad, B, I miss it. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. I'm um, over here talking about the future. Is there, there a future? I
1: don't know, man. Not if motherfuckers don't vote. Life crazy. That's why it's so nice to talk about the past. Fuck it. Yeah,
0: right. Jeez. Uh She's supposed to be opening up on the seventeenth or something, ain't it? Uh we'll see, man. Maybe. But yeah. fuck it.
1: Uh I heard that the uh Chinese president called uh the coronavirus the White House virus. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: funny Everybody in the White House has the virus though. As hell. Yeah, Stephen Miller got it tonight. The really? racist
1: dude, yeah. The real racist. Dude. Get him out of here. God, I hope he. You
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right. I got a few questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh wait. You teach kids?
1: Yeah, yeah. I teach kids how to DJ. Well, I teach how to D- I do DJ lessons through Bach to Rock. Yeah, up in Carmel. Yeah. You
0: enjoy doing that? Is it hard. hard?
1: Yo. Okay, so I got one student. He's like 60 something years old. Mm-hmm. He's a veteran. Yeah. Or maybe like late 50s, but yeah. He's a veteran. He's a black man, right? Mm-hmm. And he has no rhythm. Mm-hmm. And so I've been teaching him rhythm. That's probably really what I've been teaching it him. That sounds cool. It's really dope because, you know, he is, he's been in the military his whole life, basically. His kids are in the military. He thinks robotically. Mm-hmm. And he's a veteran. And they, I think they keep him hopped up on a lot of fucking painkiller medicines and shit and he's numb yeah so i'm trying to help him feel again you know what i'm saying like i want him to feel yeah and so when i teach him it's not i don't teach him like i teach the other students i gotta yell at him and like i'm real hardcore with this motherfucker dog mm-hmm. me and him like what like, the fuck are you doing <laughs> are you seeing progression in him i am yeah i am does that feel <laughs> dude even if he's just seeing it on the sound wave and matching it up right at this point and he's not quite feeling it yet yeah he's gonna feel it yeah like i've had to explain to him song structure like he doesn't know song structure like so and that's what we teach you know like it's not just how to work the equipment like i'm not gonna just teach that so i teach like yo you know there's an intro you know this this doesn't this could be a song you know like any song but there could be an epilogue or an intro, you know what I mean? There could be, there's a chorus usually, there's a verse, the you know, bridge, there could be a bridge, yeah. there's the outro, mm-hmm. I, I was like, there's a drum fill, there might be, you know, a countdown before the song starts, and I was like, have you ever, and so how I started explaining rhythm to him, I was like, have you ever heard before like a, like a band starts to go, a one, a two, a one, two, three, four, boom, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah. They're getting, he, what he's doing is he's signaling to the band What the tempo is for the song
2: Yeah.
1: And everybody's going to fall in line on the one So then I had to explain to him what the one is And so he's like So is the one just the first of the song I was like well Technically yeah But it could if the drum fill starts before the one Then that's not the one That's the drum fill before the one And then throughout the song There's different parts of the song That could be considered the one So he's because- just walking him through it gotta walk through everything
0: what's the difference when you when you when you're teaching uh the younger ones
1: well the younger ones kind of just latch on mm-hmm. they kind of they you know their minds are just more you know and, and they're looking at it like kind of a as a video game and so yeah. they're just like boom 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 for sure hitting yeah, it on that the makes beat sense. you know what i'm saying and like i'm like yo you got it like and then they're like now they're starting to like come to me and ask me like about How to remix this or do that, and it's just watching those the young kids grow is crazy. A bit. That's actually changed my outlook. Like I didn't ever want kids, and now I want kids. Like watching after I've been teaching these kids, like I'm like, maybe I wouldn't be so bad. I used to think I'd be really shitty as a dad, and I'm like, maybe not, man. Maybe I could, you know, do that shit. You know, maybe, maybe it'd be
0: crazy, right? Hey, uh, all right. Here's my questions, Uh and I'm just like throwing these off the top of the head, but. Top five <laughs> <laughs> favorite uh reggae artists. Top five
1: favorite reggae artists? Yeah. I like how you say favorite too, because I hate when people say the
0: best. Yeah, I don't do that best shit. That best shit
1: is corny, dog. Yeah. There ain't no best. Know, I just wanna
0: know what you like. Right. Put me
1: on. All right. Dennis Brown.
0: Okay.
1: All right. Um Garnet Silk. Mm-hmm. Mighty Diamonds.
0: Mm-hmm. You played Mighty Diamonds to me before.
1: Chronics. Vibes Cartel. Hell yeah. That's five right there. That's five. Right that kind of represents the five fingers of death.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like that. Uh, that might be six, but I think it's five. <laughs> let's see five favorite rap songs to play. Just while you, just while you in the spot, you you trying to go crazy, you drunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something, I don't know Annie Up remix That always
1: gets me going, dog. Yeah I might start hey, a fight when that come off
0: That should remind me I used to play this game called Bust uh, the
2: rhymes now <laughs> M-O-P now I
0: used to uh, play fucking It's this Def Jam fighting game Did uh, they play that song on it? Yeah, yeah man, that
1: shit yeah. was fire They need to bring another one back uh, any up, any up, any up, any up, any up. Yeah. That's the five songs. Nah, you know I listen to rap like for so many different reasons, right? Like, I'll tell you what my favorite rap verse is.
0: Favorite rap verse? Yeah. Who's it from? Rockem. Where my mama loved Rockem.
1: Your mama's a wise woman.
0: <laughs> favorite verse on what song is
1: it? It's in the ghetto by Rockem on their. I think it's the second out, third album, third album. Where? Yeah, and what he does is, is, uh, and I got a chance to talk to him about the verse because it's weighed on my mind for a long time. And, um, you know, it, I'm a very racial thinker, you know what I'm saying? I don't think, like, I think very, like, I was taught very young, you know, about race, you yeah. know what I mean? And um, so this song is wild because in the second song he says, um, he says, he says, I thought the ghetto was the worst that could happen to me. I'm glad I listened. I'm glad I listened what my father was rapping to me, because back in the days they lived in caves, exiled from the original man and strayed in ways. Now that's what I call hard times. I'd rather be here to exercise the mind. So I asked him. I said, "What does that mean? You know what I mean? Like to me, what I heard you say was racism is cyclical, and it's something that." you know basically when when the white man was kicked out of africa as the leper you know what i'm saying because uh, my understanding is that's how the white race was created we were basically you know what i'm saying sick mm-hmm. leprous individuals you know what yeah. i'm saying that were you know we were from africa as well but we were exiled to where the Caucasus mountains yeah so why wouldn't we why, why would we name caucasian if we You know what I'm saying? Can we come from caves? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean that's just real. Yeah. Like that's something that white people have to like deal with. You know what I mean? Like and understand about themselves. They think of white people. We think of ourselves as like civilized and more. But really, we're the original uncivilized. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I learned from listening to rap music and like reading books and shit. (laughs) I mean,
0: yeah. I mean, you did you did some homework Mm -hmm. for sure.
1: So, you know, when I brought this to him and I said, "Hey, you know, is is this what you meant?" He goes. Yo, brother, you know what I mean? Like, you really did the math on that record. I'm like, yeah, because, like, you're talking about meditation and, like, how you went. You know, he talks about how he's in his room. Mm. And he'd escape from his project room and travel the world. You know what I mean? Go to Medina and Middle East and then down to South Africa and help free Mandela and all this shit. Like, it goes all through that verse. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why it's like, to me, the most powerful verse in rap music.
0: I like that. I like that a lot. What's your favorite album? Rap album Oh man I know you got one Mine is The Carter too Yeah that's a, that's a great one That's it's a great one
1: It's the best album ever You know I say my favorite man is like It's gonna sound It's kinda cliche It's, it's Pac or Biggie or Nas nah, or some nah, shit nah, nah nah I would say Fear of a it, it, it's, it's a tie It's a two way tie alright Yeah Fear of a black planet By Public Enemy Yeah or and they both came out around the same time i like that album or paul's boutique by the beastie boys never heard that so paul's boutique came out and nobody was checking for the beasties like they were like everybody thought they was washed yeah and it came out and i just went nuts it was so sample heavy Mm -hmm. it's the sergeant peppers of rap is what people call it yeah you know what i mean have you ever heard sergeant peppers no so one day (laughs) <laughs> While you're sitting around, just listen to Sgt. Peppers, right? Pepper's, by the Beatles, yeah. and then back that up with the Paul's Boutique, and then be like, "Okay, I get it.
0: I got you." Yeah. Uh, you vacation? You go to you go to Jamaica a lot. Yeah. I only have one question about Jamaica. Okay. Is the weed good? Uh,
1: it's different, man. Yeah. It's
0: different. Like I heard they had bad weed in Jamaica. That's yeah, why yeah. I there's
1: terrible weed in Jamaica, but there's also. Like, shout out to my man, Dutty Larry. Like, check out Dutty Larry on Instagram, all right? <laughs> yeah. All right, check out Dutty Larry. But also, a place in Jamaica, Westmoreland um, is the west end of, uh, like, of the island. That's where I usually met. And that has the best weed in all of Jamaica.
0: Yeah. I want to go somewhere. Now, bad. since
1: it's legalized, there's. Kingston is getting, like, you know, there's growers down there now. And there's like. But it's so easy just to take it into Kingston. You know, it's a two hour drive from the country. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, yo, there's. um. Yeah, there's good weed down in Jamaica.
0: How much crazier is a is a is a, a reggae show out there than like <laughs> the biggest hip hop show you've seen out here? No, oh, dog. <laughs> Look. Let me know. I wanna know what's up. So, all right.
1: I mean, first of all, you just do different shit in Jamaica, right?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, motherfuckers in the Cosmo be smacking shit and screaming. Well, that's and, lightweight. Yeah. That's lightweight energy. I figured. What's up, man? So Tell five, me So 5'8",
1: like, have you ever seen anybody take, like, an aerosol can, right, and
0: light it on fire, like, I like mean, that shit? I used to do that shit. Like, that's the, your kind one of One of, of the homies used to, like, we used yeah. to just set shit on fire. He would get a spray Imagine bottle.
1: being in a dance and doing, like, somebody play you. What's your favorite song right now that gets you most hype right now?
0: Uh, some NBA Young Boy shit, probably.
1: Right, so, like, yeah. <laughs> so they put on some NBA Young Boy, and all of a sudden you're like, <laughs> in the middle of the club. Imagine I that need shit. Need more of that shit around. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yo, we, dog, and then like, <laughs> like on the ground and shit. You know what I'm saying? It's and good. then I've seen motherfuckers pull up their motorcycles to the stage, and back them up, bop, pop, pop. So hard. the DJ rewinds. You know what I'm saying? That's fire. That's I've crazy. seen guns, gunshots. Yeah. That's a real thing. They start
0: busting the motherfuckers. I like it. <laughs> so it's just
1: different in Jamaica yeah.
0: You know what I'm saying It's just different you I gotta can't go man them. I'm trying to go with you One of these days Yeah man let's go Kick it man for real uh, Alright well we didn't hit Like an hour 16 I think I done went over Pretty much everything I could I could think about all right. I, But I really want to say man you know, what I mean, I appreciate you for everything you've done for me, all yeah. the knowledge you've given me, everything you've done in this city, man. I respect you so My much. My door is open, man. You know I mean, Even just being able to sit here with you and just be so comfortable with you. It's, I mean, I know you, so it just felt like we just chatting. Before, no, it's like, cool. I,
1: I appreciate – one of the things I really appreciate you is, you know, I know that you're eager to learn, and I know that, like, first of all, you are a very talented artist. You, you know, like, I've watched you grow the last five years and um you know i'm just humbled to be a part of your journey you know what i'm saying like and when the time presents itself and we really are able to maximize what your talents are
2: yeah
1: it's gonna happen in a a real organic way
0: what do you think is missing for for like that you've never seen somebody in nap do as far as hip-hop goes you know what i mean make a
1: hit fucking record yeah a real fucking hit a real hit like no matter what you say, there's nobody had a real hit out of here yet.
0: Like that, that fucking Billboard.
1: That that Nelly shit.
0: Fucking through there.
1: That Nelly shit. Like going triple down to where Jay is like, the only dudes moving units is M, Pimp, Juice, and Us. Yeah. That shit is real. Make some fucking hit records. I'm going to do that shit. Yeah, I you could do it. That you shit. could do I think it. I could do that
0: shit. Like, I'm capable of that. But also, it. you know what? Shout out to everybody in Nap going crazy, man. Look, I, I want them all to do it, I man. I feel like look. everybody has the potential to do that, man. And I, I would
1: love to see it happen. I swear to God, that shit would be beautiful. But it? It, is that not, I mean, I, I want to know if is that not the right answer? That's no, the one no, thing. no. I, I think, think everybody's done everything. I think you're here. right. Everybody, I've seen visuals. I've seen people kind of go viral. Yeah. I've seen people, like, kind of make other records. I think, <laughs> honestly, look, Paris Dom. Was making all those records before, and, and Fresh does it, right? Yeah. They made that sound. That sound that's on the radio right now, mm-hmm. they made that sound.
0: They've been going nuts. They made, no,
1: I'm talking about they made that sound when they did the Hot Girl freestyle. Yeah. All right? Yeah. That was before Sweetie, Megan, <laughs> any of these girls.
0: <laughs> Shout like, out to Paris, man. Hey, Paris got some shit, man. Yo. She be going to hell. She be making me
1: step look, my shit up. Look, I'm just saying. It's not that it it can't be done here, right? Yeah. It's got to be, I don't know what it's going to take because I've heard records, right, that are like, oh, shit. It's like, look, everybody says, oh, well, we all, like, follow trends here and this and that and the third. Not necessarily, like, people do make original shit here, right? Yeah. So I don't want any artists to think that I don't think that they're original here, but make a hit record. Like, so whatever it takes, mm-hmm. by hook or crook. And if you need to know who to pay, to get your record played, hit me up. <laughs> yeah. I know who to pay. <laughs>
0: that's what's up, man. That's what, that's
1: what you need to know. Who could you take a record to, right? If you have a really hot fucking record and you bring me a record, you say, man, I got 50, 50 grand, all right? I know who to give that 50 grand to. I know I, I break it up into about three or four people, you know what I'm saying? But, like, I know who to give that money
0: you to. You know, it's crazy. I was, like, listening to, I forget, I think it's, I forget the name of the show, but it got like this dude, DJ Academics, and some other people. They just be chatting about shit. And uh, they were talking about how like Spotify playlists and shit like that are like replacing what DJs used to be. How people oh, yeah. used to like run up to the clubs and shit and do everything to get their shit played. You know what I mean? Getting on a playlist yeah. on Spotify. Is That's like what you want. You want to be on all thing, the playlists. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's talking about how it's giving playlisters just so much more power. Yeah. And like. Damn near bringing back the the weird ass gatekeeping shit. But you here's know? the
1: thing, nah. But it's not though. I mean, you know, kind of. But here's the thing, right? If you look at what the top records are right now, regardless, mm. it's "Mood" by uh, uh, 24K Golden and Ian Dior. Okay, that's the number one record, right? Is it? Yeah, it's just number one, right? They yeah. got fucking like all these records are coming up. Like TikTok,
2: yeah,
1: is really how records are blowing up. It's like oh. Like and what's weird about what's weird about the situation now is fucking you make a dude on a skateboard, right, sipping cranberry juice, fucking listening to Fleetwood Mac. Oh uh, yeah, that's right? uh, makes Fleetwood Mac hot again. So now like I put Fleetwood Mac in the mix on the pop station. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Fleetwood Mac jumped back into the top thirty. It's fucking nuts. Nice. You know what I'm saying? So here's the thing, right? Like music is so wide open right now. But but it's still, if you think that, like, it's not being controlled by the labels still, you got to, like, all of that spot, like, you really want to get on the Spotify list? You really want to be, you still have to have, like, a connection to, like, you know, or you have to know who to pay to get on those things. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just real. Like, it's still a money game. Like, you can be like, okay, yeah, I'm independent, and this, that, and the third, and that's good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You can still build it and make it so you can be independent. It just that, that just depends on how you structure all your deals. Yeah, you know, Macklemore was like, "Yo, I'm, I'm independent." No, you, yeah, you're independent because you own your own shit, but you also like have distribution through like you know Warner Brothers.
0: And damn near, that's the move too. I mean, distribution deals are a, are a decent wave. I see a lot of people hop on. You know what I mean? Well,
1: I mean, it, it's more about. The connections that you get with the distribution deal, yeah you know yeah, sure. it's not even about you can, everybody can distribute their music now yeah but it's like what i said is make a hit record like you know i, I love what like m80s doing for people you know m80s like a boom bap dude wu-tang did the death you know yeah but like if i was a young dude like you know i, I would watch his tuesdays you know what i'm saying mm. and he does an a&r special on facebook and i would watch that and i would be like all right and and you know, there's things to learn. Like, even as wild as he is, you can watch and learn and be like, okay, you know.
0: He's a wild motherfucker. A wild motherfucker. <laughs> and I know how wild Shout he out is. to him, man. But,
1: yeah, I mean, I just, at the end of the day, and he's always kept it real loyal with me. So I respect him, man. Yeah, so much like, respect. Yeah, you know, loyalty's always been a big thing for me. Like, I'm not into, if you know me and we cool, we're going to be cool forever. You know what I'm saying? Unless yeah. you, like, really wild out and do some dumb, dumb shit. Yeah,
0: you know what I'm saying? Like For sure.
1: You know, but, like, if we stay in touch and, and you know, I know you're really about this shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, I fuck with you.
0: That's why I love you, man. Yeah, man. And uh, that's the last of my questions. But yeah. I wanted to say thank you again. Yeah. And, uh, man, can we plug? Go ahead. I guess just plug your socials.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the
0: people where to find you.
1: Just at DJ Indiana Jones, man. Like, everything's streamlined. You know what I mean? Like, if it's my mixes, it's mixcloud.com, um, you know, slash dj indiana jones or like uh crush entertainment.com or um you can listen to me on radio uh radio now 100.97 to midnight uh every night basically friday monday through friday and i also do the lunchbox mix on noon on the station Mm
2: -hmm.
1: it's crazy i never thought i'd be on the radio this much man but like i mean it's wild like because they asked me do you want to talk on the radio I'm like, yo, it's been, like, 30 years, B. Like, yeah, I want to talk on the radio. (laughs) (laughs) I've been DJing and scratching on the radio for, like, forever. Like, yeah, please give me a chance to talk on the radio. Yeah. And I want to shout out, I I do want to shout out, like, Karen Vaughn for making that phone call. Shout out. And Julie, um, a.k.a. Jules, on the radio because, um, you know, like, they really have coached me and Gabby Mm. through this thing Mm. because Gabby and I, like, come from like the club yeah and i come from tour dj and i come from like real hip-hop you know performances and like that kind of energy and they want that energy but it's like word conservation and like getting to the point and like hitting your mark and like you know if a thing is supposed to be a minute long then it has to be like a minute long not like a minute and 10 seconds sounds tough it's a lot man and so you know, I I'm still not very good at it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not. Like I'm learning it, and I'm good at editing it to make it sound good. Yeah. But yo, man, like it's not easy, and I and I'm learning. Like and I just want to, you know. They've showed a lot of grace, and I'll tell you what, man, it's it's nice. Learning is fun. That's how I love
0: I feel learning, man. With this podcast and shit, as yeah. you see, I ain't the best, but nah, you no, know I mean? man. I like you dope. this. You feel me? I'm up here talking to my people, man. So yeah. You feel know I mean? This is a good thing, man. And uh, man, shout out to you, man. Shout out to uh, everybody listening, man. And uh, man, look, man, man, shit, man, man. Hey, look, tell somebody you love them today. If yeah, you're listening, man. don't forget. Man. Uh, man, that's the end of this motherfucker, man. Bye.